Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome back to the Grief Gang podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. The message behind the Grief Gang is to normalise the topic of conversation that is grief. People living with grief can often feel ashamed, isolated, and alone. This podcast was created to break those taboos after I myself experienced all of those feelings after the loss of my mum in 2016. I decided enough was enough and we need to talk about this. You'll hear on this podcast an array of stories and experiences, some being my own and some being fantastic guest episodes and their incredible stories. You'll laugh, you'll cry, but I hope above all, I hope you'll learn. I hope you'll learn that you are not alone in your grief journey, that you have a voice and it should be heard, that you and your grief matter. So without further ado, I'll let you enjoy the episode. Happy listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Grief Gang podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. It is our first death dilemma of 2022. Can you bloody believe it? And I tell you what, there is a shitload of stuff to get through because we have been death dilemma in it and there's a lot of dilemmas to get through that you guys have been harbouring and I'm now finally getting round to. So apologies on that front for not getting to them sooner. And you guys just wallowing in your dilemmas for ages. My deepest apologies. But I decided for this death dilemma that, you know, one brain is, oh no, two brains is better than one. I mean, my brain is great. And I thought it'd be really fun, not just great, fun to bring somebody that, well, I love. And I know that you guys love as well. If you've been following me, you will probably most doubtedly follow this person in their community. And if you are, then you've probably seen us both on a little Instagram live just chatting a lot of shit. But you all seem to love it. So for this death dilemma, I am joined by none other than my darling Poppy Chancellor, the founder of The Grief Case. Babes! Woo! Thank you for having me! Yeah, come on! (laughs) I knew, honestly, because, you know, going through, I thought, I need someone to do this with because I'm sick of my own voice. Same. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, but, I mean, we say that, but you know, it doesn't stop us jumping on a fucking Instagram live every day. And I thought, you know, we got we kind of, we kind of do this anyway, don't we? Really, like with both our communities, we're always kind of talking to each other of how, you know, if someone said something, and we always supporting each other. So why not bring it on to the potty? And I mean, it's been far too long since you haven't been on the show. I think our last our podcast recording was. August 2020 so babe wow. I'm sorry I haven't invited you soon now. wow well I'm I'm so glad you've come to your senses and you've decided that actually Poppy should return in some capacity so I'm I mean, here for I, you disclaimer we're professionally unprofessional what I really like about talking to Amber is she always has another angle another way of seeing something even though, yes, we've both lost our parent, the way that Amber's personality is or my personality, sometimes we see things totally differently. And I think the more eyes sometimes you can see a problem through, um, the more solutions there are. So I'm hoping that you might be able to see something that I don't see or I might have a different opinion on something that you maybe haven't thought of yet. So just more, more eyes on, on the prize. Absolutely. And that, that's absolutely why I wanted you here today, Poppy, because like for myself, when I was doing this before, it was just, I was, I was sat here thinking and I was like, I just wish I had somebody to combat this with. And I thought none other than you, my babes. Um, and because it is, yeah, sometimes we need someone else to be my son as a bit, bit, bit of a devil's advocate mm. and kind of go, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna battle you there and say, no, I agree or I don't agree there. Mm. Um, and likewise, that's, you know, it's the beauty of conversation and healthy debate, hey? Yeah. We're all allowed, we're all allowed an opinion, eh? <laughs> if you don't agree with me, get the fuck off my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to deep dive. I'm going to do like a lucky dip. I've got my iPad here. I'm going to go into, okay, this one. Are we ready? First death dilemma, right? Get your thinking caps on, guys. Here we go. <laughs> Massive dilemma of whether to attend grief counselling or not. Mm-hmm. Only response I get from my mates is if I bring up my grief, which is still a massive taboo for them, so I rarely do, but all they respond is that I should go to grief counselling. Mum died at Thames Hospice, so they do offer it, and I went to one session, but it made me feel even more bloody shit than when I went in. Is it just me? All I hear is how beneficial it is, but I can't understand the benefit. I don't need counselling to understand that my parents are dead. I know they are. I know mum was going to die. I just don't understand how it's supposed to make the situation better. Rant over. Love that rant. Thanks for your rant. (laughs) Thank you very much, the person who wrote in. I I already feel like we're going to politely disagree I had so many things that were coming up for me when you were reading that which was read so well because I felt I felt like you were saying it to me and I was like what would I say to my friend if my friend was saying that to me and I think the first thing that I heard was that her friends are almost saying take your problems over there Mm -hmm. and actually as a friend all you really need to do is listen and and turn up. Listen, turn up, be there, you know, be a shoulder to lean on. And um, I feel like they're just saying, oh, she's crying again, go to grief counselling, or, um, oh, 
he doesn't get it. You know, I just feel like there's a feeling of, can you go and take your problems and put them over there? And yeah. their buzzword, obviously, is grief counselling, and that yeah. will fix you. And can you go and take your grief over there and then come back when it's ended so that we can carry yeah. on where we left off? I yeah, mean, carry on the good times. Again, this is me just going into a fantasy world of what the actual issue is. But um, yeah. I feel like that person could could feel a bit ignored or or not listen to and then think, okay, well, grief counselling is not going to make my grief go away. So then how do I come back to my friends then? And I've actually been to some grief counselling and I, I felt all the feelings. So mm -hmm. um, I think it's a, I think the person is interpreting their friend saying, go to grief counselling as hurry up and finish with your grief. And actually they know from experience that actually when they have been, that that isn't what happens so there's the dilemma isn't it I've gone too far with this you know I was so kind of like anti-counseling and therapy when I started grief gang and then throughout education and learning I realized I just had a really shit experience yeah. and I shouldn't I shouldn't brush them all with the you know same in the same brush mm. and what's jumping out to me here as well is that I don't need counselling to understand that my parents are dead so kind of already the expectation mm. is that just in counselling you just go to imagine if you went somewhere and they just went your parent is dead your parent <laughs> is dead that is the worst counselling ever and yes I wouldn't like, I wouldn't want to go to that yeah they should not have credits yeah. if that is all <laughs> I don't want to go to that <laughs> we're not going to go to that branch again mm. um but almost like um this person's maybe ex thinks that that is only has how far it will go mm. and that they don't need that I need so kind of what what do you need then and what do, yeah. what else do you think would come up in the counseling room or the therapy room mm. and when do you need someone to listen to you yeah because I feel like yeah. these these friends they they are maybe they've got one idea of what is going to fix a person like I said that they maybe heard the yeah. word grief counselling somewhere. But, you know, I think, I think also that there's a feeling of fixing there. Yeah. And actually counselling doesn't fix you. It just gives you a safe place mm. to release what is inside of you. And that does really build up. It does build mm. up when you don't speak about it. And, you know, that's why Amber and I are so lucky that we have permission almost to speak about grief and the feelings around it because we have all these lovely outlets. And if yeah. you don't have that, I would be like a volcano. Like I would yeah. be really struggling. I would be really um, struggling to even know yeah. what the feelings were, what I was going through, because mm -hmm. I still struggle mm -hmm. now. So imagine, yeah. you know, with all this help, we're still meandering our way through this. So, yeah. And also as well, like the her saying, is it just me? Mm. Like I've fully been there. Like she, she said, is it just me? Um, also, she just said she did go to one session. Mm. So she did attend. Um, is it just me? And like, but feeling like an alien when the thing that everybody has told you to do and that will help you in your journey mm. doesn't work for you. Mm. You think fucking hell, like I'm... Broken. I'm a lost cause. I'm broken. I'm a lost cause. There's no, there's no hope for me. Because yeah. exactly how my I grief felt, is I wrong. Did it. My grief is wrong. I'm doing it wrong. Mm. 
just what the fuck is going on with me mm. um so yeah i really felt that one so thank you to that person who wrote in right next dilemma lucky dip next one Mm-mm. okay let's go for this a bit more broad this one i'd say do you have any advice on how to cope slash come to terms with the changes in your life after a death? My mum passed away a year ago and everything in my life is different. The dynamics in my family have completely changed. My work life doesn't feel the same anymore. And my nan, brackets, on my mother's side, developed dementia one month after my mother passed due to the trauma of losing her. Mm. Oh. Um. It feels like everything I knew growing up has gone and my new life is so hard to adapt to, especially without mum. So much in life changes after a death and any tips on getting through grief as well as all the changes would be greatly appreciated. Sending love. Wow. Sending love right back. Um, Oh, God. That's absolutely heartbreaking about little nanny developing dementia one month after after her own daughter. That's so sad. Um... Coming to terms with the changes in your life after a death. I immediately, what's coming to me, I don't know why, and I remember reading this, and at first it didn't really bring me comfort. And whether this kind of relates to this right now, it was like, it's a blessing and a curse that life after losing someone goes on. Mm. And it was like, it's a curse, obviously, that the world moves on without your person and the world keeps spinning and everybody goes about their day then it's also a blessing as well to know that you won't stay stuck in this you know deep dark pit that first time when I read that and I was like fuck off just uh, fuck off and you might tell me to fuck off (laughs) once you've heard that but that kind of gave me with to kind of yeah come to terms with the changes and the ever never ending changes in my life after mum of like okay, shit, yeah, like I am just kind of going back to work and going through life again and all its changes. Um, And I'm just rolling with the punches. For me, it really was community and making new friends that were bereaved. And um, for me, like journaling really helped, talking about it, just acknowledging that it had happened for me. But I feel like she's saying it is very real that it's happened for her because the changes are kind of really glaring in her face and lots of other things have changed in response to that death as well. Um, And she might not even recognise her life. Yeah. That's what I'm getting is the life that, you know, my childhood, maybe maybe she enjoyed her childhood. So her Mm. life now is unrecognisable from that happy time. Yeah. And I wonder if there's any way, were there things in your childhood that brought you joy that you could tap back into? So for Mm. me, I used to do like watercolors with my granny in the garden. (laughs) She would sit me on this little bench and we would paint (laughs) the flowers in her garden. Yeah. Oh my God. I love doing that so much. And she would tell me the names of everything. Of course I can't remember them, but, um, Are there little things that you still could have access to, obviously without your mum there, but that could bring you some of that sense of childhood joy again? So if there is something for you that can connect those two worlds together, 
um and it's not you going back and taking steps back and not progressing with your Mm. grief um I think it's very self-aware and it's also the person that you are now enjoying those things from where you are now Mm. and does does that bring you joy now and it might Mm. not some things like that you used to enjoy as a kid you might not enjoy now um Mm. or even things that you enjoyed five years ago or things you enjoyed before your bereavement I think just as humans we forget to do the things we enjoy and it does make a huge difference Mm -hmm. um and I think for her it is the realization of growing up as well right a little short and sweet one we got we had some responses to our uh, questionnaire box and thank you to that person who wrote in as well thank you very much um this one short and sweet but fucking juicy because i agree with it too <laughs> on some days i don't miss my mum is it okay oh <gasps> whoa yes, she said it, it. Like the missing for me was very acute and that yeah. has that has lessened over time. And mm-hmm. then, you know, as we all know, there are things that bring it back, the song, the smell, yeah. the memory, the mm-hmm. conversation, you know, yeah. um, that does come and go. But um, I think also if you are in the grief community space or like looking at these accounts online, a lot of it is like, it is about missing and it's geared towards I yeah. miss my person and like lots of, you know, t- infographics about missing and what it feels like and images around missing. And if mm. you're having a day where you actually are like doing okay and you don't miss your person, you might see that and be like, oh, am I meant to be missing my person? I honestly, you've literally just like spoken to my last fucking uh, I, I will say like four months like of kind of for one yet yeah, being in the space myself and actively providing stuff and whatever but then also being bereaved myself or seeing these kind of and they're beautiful and they are and they're beautiful oaths to people's loved ones and and they're missing them but it does feel so far removed from me and I think and I really sat there and I went oh shit like I'm in a really different place with mm. my grief now like I'm it's evolution. I think our grief isn't always just missing. It's almost like the simplest form yeah. that grief could take. Like to, to really dive into grief and think, but what is the mm. daily experience of a bereaved person? Sometimes it's not missing. Yeah. It's almost like the expected face of grief. Yeah. So I would say... You know, when people talk about being disenfranchised or not seen. um, And also for some people, a good day might be a not missing day. I like I can really, really resonate with this with this question. So massively thank you for this person who has wrote that in, because like my my missing year, it's not every day. But on the days kind of if I do schedule it or kind of, you know, hold it back and think, you know, I'm going to take this time to miss her today. and welcome Mm. that missing feeling and that longing feeling in like that's Mm. rough like I am rough in that moment but I can imagine for this person yeah like imagine saying that out loud someone you're like oh yeah imagine being a really good grief day today or having a good day and oh wow how's that anything different they're like I'm not missing my mum for the first time people would go or wider society would go what the fuck like 
how does that encounter that you're having a good day? Because grief is so fucking layered and that's, that's another nuance to it. Is that. Society doesn't want you to be grieving, yeah. but it doesn't want, it wants you to be grieving yeah. just enough that it doesn't impact mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. You still have to be basically very acceptably, silently yeah. suffering. It's the suffering. It's the, but su- not, it's the suffering. <laughs> but not, not anywhere in their direction where it Oh yeah, where it's in their peripheral vision. Like, oh, she's suffering, bye. <laughs> But they just want you to just on your own, just be suffering in the corner, but also still be doing really Absolutely. well at work and and hustle culture. <laughs> get fucking get fuck yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> fuck off. Fucking hustle yeah. culture. I want to go to bed. I need eight hours. I can't. You know, it's like sleep is the cousin oh, of death. Like, well, R.I.P. Me. Like, <laughs> um, right. Next, let's go for a longie. My dad is totally consumed by his grief for my mum. He constantly says that he's lonely and depressed and he turns to me and my sisters to offload all the time about this. Everyone else in the family thinks he's coping really well because he doesn't share his pain with anyone else. The trouble is my sisters and I are struggling ourselves and desperately trying to rebuild our lives and move forward. Whenever we speak with dad, it triggers our own raw grief and we barely have enough energy to look after ourselves, let alone him too. We feel resentful that he's not been there for us with our grief as well. It feels a bit all take and no give since mum died. The only way I know how to cope right now is to avoid him. But I know that that long term, that's unsustainable. I feel like I've lost both parents. Ultimately, if I try and have a relationship with him at the moment, I feel drained, triggered and resentful towards him. If I don't speak to him too, I feel griefy too, brackets, the losing both parents thing, and guilty because I know he is struggling himself. Um, so question would probably be just any advice on how to move forward from this, please. That is a lot to unpack there. I do think the way forward is a conversation with dad and is like, dad, I love you. I'm so grateful that you can speak to us about this, but how we're feeling is we've lost our mum, and we're also grieving and we might not be the best people um, to support you right now because we need support. So he needs somebody to offload to, they need somebody to offload to. You kind of, they need to offload outside of the yeah. family circle instead of inside well, see, the I family think circle. I think they're somewhat okay with the dad offloading to them. Because okay. the, the bit I'm being kind of is like, we feel resentful that he's not being there for us with our grief as well. Right. So it's kind of their... Yeah. I'm getting the vibe of they're happy that he is, and I think that I think that for one to acknowledge. Yeah, but imagine the amount. It's a lot. It's a lot. He's probably it's offloading lot. to the yeah. point where there there's no, no space no. for their loss. But and like so, it's it's kind of they're okay from from to, with them, and I suppose that, that might bring some comfort. Mm. You know, you might be reminiscing about mom and talking about memories and her. Mm. But it's kind of like well, you know, like when you have a friend who you just talk at, and or they just well. I am probably that friend. I'm like, yeah, it'll be me, me, me. And they're just talking all about them. And then you wait for them to go, oh, and how's your life? And you know what's going on? And they're just, you, you know, right, you can go fuck yourself. They just, just hang up, up and you're like, you've literally just given me a podcast episode of your fucking week and I don't give a flying fuck. But anyway, um, <laughs> Denny, my friend, is saying, I don't talk about you like that. <laughs> Love you all, really. Um, but yeah, you, you, and especially if you kind of, 
have stuff that you want to bring up and you just wait you're waiting for that permission mm. it's the permission and dad's just kind of taken the permission and gone yep like I'm granted this I'm going to talk about it with my girls mm. um but not acknowledging that he needs to pass the mic himself and go okay and how are you feeling girls yeah. so I think yeah. the long and short of it is yeah a conversation with dad needs to be had like I said as well you you and sister are going through this together so and like from a from a super loving place because he's obviously he's obviously struggling but I just think it would help if he had somewhere to do like most of the offload like 90% offload (laughs) can go somewhere else and then 10% he can bring to you and start a conversation with with you about your experience as well um because I think you know there's that thing about offloading on other people who are also suffering and how they can't then support you back because yeah because of that but yeah, then, and then it, then it gets ugly then doesn't it that personal reason yeah so they need support yeah. from the outside yeah. in order to be able to function yeah. you know so yeah I think everyone needs in this situation somebody to talk to mm-hmm. that isn't each other yeah. also yeah. keep speaking to each other but in a way that is there's enough time for everybody to speak yeah. you know your dad is going to want to know how you feel about the loss of your mum because he might not realise that the other people that really understand him is you. But because he hasn't actually listened to how you feel, he doesn't know that he's not as isolated as he might think because the other other people that he could be sharing. And say, you know, I feel like this, I feel like this, I feel like this. And they're going to be like, Dad, we feel like that too. And he's like, what? Exactly. Yeah, and he could feel like he's just on, on this lonesome road, but really he's the two mm. closest people to him feel it too. Um, another good well, thing as well, like you said, for Dad to find some external kind of um, outlet as well is that there's going to be things within his grief that if he is confiding it like and holding it all just to offload to the girls, there's going to be parts of his grief that he probably knows he can't talk to his daughters about because could be quite intimate and there's there's aspects yes. of his grief that you know you shed, shed a yeah. life with your mum and that you think is actually probably can't also like relationship exactly. things you know emotions around how the relationship yeah. was stuff that yeah. you maybe don't there could be want to know exactly. about you know? I mean I mean like for, for example, I'm, I'm gonna be really naughty and say you know like sexual relations like your dad I don't know ages you know it could be older, it could be bonking, you never know, you never know. Um, <laughs> but things like that, like losing a life partner, losing a sexual partner, like there's frustrations around that, around in grief. And there's so Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Layers to it, and so you know, I mean, I would, I would seize up as well. Like if my dad started talking about kind of like you know, I miss you know, I'd be like, mm. stop that now. Um, but yeah, I think definitely having an additional ear for dad. But I, I, I would like to hope though that once and hopefully if the conversation is had is that dad doesn't recoil um, mm. and that there's just room for everybody to speak because I think mm. something really beautiful can come out of that when all three of you so much closeness oh, massively. those those hard conversations I hate that that is my worst experience in life is telling people how I feel about so I do not like yeah. it it's not my strength but but every time I have done it, it's always brought me closer. Yeah. Well, this is depending. Sometimes, obviously, I've said how I feel and then the relationship is yes. no longer going on. Or if it's really worth it and someone cares about you, which I feel this situation falls into, it brings you closer together. Mm-hmm. And even though saying to somebody like, I'm grieving too, is is a hard thing to say to someone who is going through the washing machine of grief yeah. right now mm-hmm. to be like I, I hear you yeah. I hear you yeah. do you hear me yeah yeah but thank you very much that person who wrote in all the best and all our love let's go for a little short one a little short and sweet one uh friends with toxic positivity around your you and your grief it's my bearable my worst <laughs> I think because you and I are so like dark <laughs> and like depressing and not toxically positive yeah. in any kind of way yeah. because we have the sad sad eyes of the grief we've got the sad sunnies we've got the sad sunnies on we understand the realities of yeah, life yeah yeah <laughs> I, all, i've got this weird relationship with toxic positivity like i can do you love it I, babe i'm literally not even gonna lie yeah i kind of like i look at it and i think i don't hate it <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, because I hate it. Well, I not, hate okay, it. I'm, and then sometimes you're like, yeah, come on. I almost struggle to with there's sometimes I'll read things that are like, oh, that is definitely toxic positivity. And I'll go, oh, I just think that's them being a bit nice. <laughs> yeah. But then so but then I do read some of and I go, oh yeah, that is majorly toxic positivity. I guess it's per situation and per scenario. The thing is, I guess a lot of it is not that that person believes it. Yeah. It's that they need to hear it to reach for it. Yes. Because I I sometimes make work that is positive, not because I feel positive, but because well, it will I'm help that. me feel yeah. a little bit better. I'm with that. I'm with that. But I think it's also really important to say the part of how you're feeling as well. Yeah, like, oh, you know, yeah, if you're working, I, I, that really speaks to me as well. Because, you know, not feeling positive all the time, but wanting to no. reach a positive frame of mind or a positive stay and a yeah. positive outcome because there's nothing there's nothing wrong with positivity yeah that's what I kind of struggle with toxic positivity is then it feels like because I feel like all positivity now is maybe got just got a toxic label <laughs> <laughs> because we're all so bored of like having to be like 
and that do you know what I mean yeah. and I'm just like I'm quite here for positivity actually. I'm quite here I'm quite here for positivity like I guess it's people expecting you to deny yeah. your authentic feelings which yeah. are not always positive no, yeah so I don't mind positivity in the context of other feelings that that we all have we're not one thing all of the time yeah. Um, I feel like this, but I would like to feel a bit more like this. Mm. Sometimes I feel 40% like this and and 60% like this. We can feel more than one thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe people see toxic positivity as they have to be this. Mm -hmm. Or you should be like this, you know? Yeah, so like friends who who are toxic positive around your grief. So I'm imagining scenarios Mm. like, Less broken. What, what do we think? What do we think? Some of these friends are saying. Okay, okay, so the I'll, friends I'll, are I'll, saying, I'll be the friend. I'll be the friend. I'll be the. I'll, okay, I'll you be, be, okay, okay, you be the friend. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um. Oh, I'm really grieving. I'm not feeling good today. Like I just really feel down. Come on, look. Seize the day. You know, live your day every day seize. like it's your last. And you know, it it was their last. It was um, their last. But not your last though. And um, you know, it fe- sometimes it feels like that. Good vibes. Good life. Uh, I don't feel any good vibes. Then you, my life doesn't feel good you, right now. I think now. you should have a satsuma for the vitamin C and go out for a walk. Right. A good walk for your mental health. Oh yeah, right. Okay, thank you. Okay, I definitely we should be friends. <laughs> Amber, you're really good at that role play. Maybe you know what? After all that shit, yeah, maybe I am a toxic positive bitch. <laughs> Have a satsuma for the vitamin C. I can't lie. Do you know what? I, do you know? I'm not, even, I'm not even going to lie to you. That when I feel shitty, I I reach for an orange. I reach for a satsuma. <laughs> oh my god, Amber! What we're realizing is that you live. You live. Do I live in breathe? The t-shirt. Do I... You live. You live the poster of toxic positivity. God, oh my god! Is this? And it really helps you through. <laughs> and now you're telling people who are grieving to have a satsuma. Have a satsuma. <laughs> this one is dated a little bit quite far back. So the, the time frames will be wrong. But I remember I did respond to this person when they freshly wrote it in. Um, and I'm only just now getting around to reading it on the episode. But I feel like this will really resonate with a few of you who, you know, gone through this or potentially are going through it soon. Okay, so... Hey Amber, I lost my mum in April 2020 to cancer. My dad and brother would like to go through my mum's clothes this weekend coming up because my dad would like to donate the ones we decide to give away. I hate Mm. the idea. I don't mean to sound selfish, but I don't want to give anything away. I don't think I'm ready. And I know that if I say that to my dad, he will be mad that I don't want to help the people in need. I just hate the idea of giving away my mum's stuff. I want to keep everything and I know it's unrealistic but I just have no idea how to deal with this or if it's healthy I'd appreciate your advice if possible much thanks right this is you know so my sister lost her mum six years before our dad died we have different mums um and she lived with her mum at the at the time so a lot of the stuff again a single mum so they had grown up together all of these things Mm. symbolized everything about her life her childhood everything but logistically she 
she didn't want to keep everything yeah. right um there wasn't going to be the space that you know whatever she she obviously kept some things but she did something called a mumble sale mumble <laughs> and basically she invited all of her mum's friends all of the family all of everyone over to the house she lined everything up like little jackets and jewelry and everything and we all just had an, an evening of like remembering joanne and taking you know things that we recognized or not that we were like, you, were like, you know, we weren't, weren't giving it off. Oh, do me a deal on these, you know, here's a five or whatever. Haggling. But it was, it was a way for her to give her things away yeah. to people that she cared about mm. and that would have want, she would have wanted to have a, a remembrance of her. Um, and like an evening that became like another type of memorial. Mm. Um and I just thought, wow, how hard it is to let go of these things anyway. Yeah. But what a beautiful way to do it. Yeah, yeah. That is um, a mumble. I just love the whole name. Because, oh, she's so good at branding, my mumble. sister. I mean, that is like her job. I was going to say, yeah. But she was she? like, she, I don't think she called she it that the time, I, think, <laughs> I think she called it that after the event. Yeah, yeah. She's thinking, it's like, remember she... when we did a mumble set? And then... And then I think they called it, um, when my granny died, they all did like a bingo where they put like stickers on. So each Love, child, yeah. of, each child of my granny, so my aunts and uncles and my mum, they all had a colour <laughs> and they went round the house and they put the coloured sticker <laughs> on the things that they wanted. And then if the stickers had like two colours yeah. on them, they'd be like, okay, well, I'll swap you the candlestick. No, for the that's <laughs> brilliant. That's, and how, I thought that was quite brilliant. a good, because then it's not like, it's not like an argument. No. It's just like, Nobody wants that, so the red stickers on that one. Yeah. Or like, oh my god, everybody's stickers on this yeah. thing, and then and then that can be a discussion. Yeah. It's like it almost took some of the awkward linguistics out well, of the it. awkward conversation of kind of with one delegating yeah. someone, or yeah, one delegating someone to be like, right, who's gonna you know kind of be like, okay, who wants this, and just kind of yeah. without judgment and prejudice going around, be like, yeah, can I, I want that, or I'm gonna get rid of that, and also in response to this everyone is different yeah. so for me objects really matter yeah. for other people the memories matter more and the objects are these you know things that are almost meaningless yeah. or lifeless because the person has gone mm. whereas for other people the objects are like the only thing yeah. so i think i think it's really good to let people know where you stand yeah yeah let your voice be heard where you stand and, and like almost as well they've said um and I know that if I say that my to my dad he will be mad so even yeah that well the, the presumption there whether they've had a discussion mm. before and she's got a vibe of like if I resist doing this he's gonna get pissed because it off. might be dad's way of controlling his, his grief, grief is to just get rid of it all, put it in a box get, ship yeah. it off um yeah but yeah it's let's say in an ideal world they turn around and say dad like I'm I'm really I want to take time with this because that's exactly mm. what I wanted and this when I first mm. had this dilemma coming I was like wow this really speaks to me because with mum I had like kind of by default moved into my mum's room after she died because 
my brother and his partner like came back home to live with us so they took my room because it was bigger and then I moved into my mum's room and so during that weird stage of moving my making it my bedroom like I had to subsequently move mum's stuff out and I remember it was so yeah the first kind of thing was going through her wardrobe to choose her funeral outfit and I will never forget I remember my brother had been so yeah, mum mum it took us a month to bury mum. She died she died on the twenty fifth of June. We buried her on the fifteenth, like it was good free come at four weeks. And um in that time she had to choose to we'll do the funeral and choose the outfit that she was gonna be buried in. I remember for so long my brother was really wanting me to do it and just like, you know, you choose mum's outfit, you choose mum's outfit. And mm. um, I remember I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. And, like really possibly putting it off, like, oh, fuck, choosing my mum's outfit, outfit of the day for a few, <laughs> OTD, like, what <laughs> the fuck? Oh. Outfit of the Outf- day. Outfit of the death. And um, I remember opening the wardrobe and just like almost like metaphorically opening it and feeling just like, oh, like the overwhelm of it. And I remember me and my brother just sat on our bed and just cried. Mm. And we just sat and cried. And, we, and I think I remember him saying, he's like, I can't believe we're doing this. I was like, me too. Like, I can't believe we're choosing our mum's fucking outfit for it. Last Arse outfit. outfit. Yeah. I remember I gave him my favourite pair of shoes, yeah. And do you know what? I've never found a replica of them ever again. It's pissed me off. I feel like she's cursed me like, to never find these <laughs> shoes again. She's like, hey, I got them. Because you know, she, she always used to borrow them. Um, when yeah. I was going out, or she was going out, and you were like, you can borrow. You literally, now. yeah, like she was always, she would, so, yeah. <laughs> she would always. Do you know they, were, they were like these pink um, patent brogues. I loved them. They were just went with every outfit, and every time if I was home and I weren't wearing them, I, I'd go to get them, and they'd be gone. And Mum would be out. I go. I'd text her, "Have you got my fucking shoes?" And she'd take. She sent a picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you bitch. And then literally, it, it was like a no-brainer. It was a no-brainer. When I was deciding the shoes, I literally went, you can have them. You win. Oh, you get the so shoes. Sweet. And yeah. um, But then, yeah, going to after just choosing the outfit, then it was like, right, I'm, I'm, this is going to be my bedroom. Like, I do have to get rid of my stuff. And we did as well. There was kind of no pressure because it was, it was up to me. It was like, right, okay, I can choose to have her clothes in the wardrobe or have mine. So I had kind mm. of that that leisure of that but I absolutely kept things I was very particular with the things that I kept um certain things with different memories and stuff like that and just feelings and even scents from some of them um mm. so and ideally like especially you know I hate the idea of giving away and I want to keep everything but I know it's unrealistic like you you fully know yeah, it's unrealistic you can't keep absolutely everything but really taking the time and I hope this person did I know it's actually been a while since they wrote the dilemma in but that you did take the time to choose those those little bits yeah. even if it was just one item that you get to keep that it holds such mm. value to you and memory and whatever and peace um that you've got something but it is one of the most hardest tasks ever I just every time I'd open it I would just see like memories in all the like all the clothing yeah everything has a story everything has a story like when she wore it that she danced on a table in that dress Mm. when she like fell over walking the dog in that jacket like some shit like that would come up even books you're like why did they buy this book have they read this book did they should I read this book like uh, you know you everything you're wondering like what made them buy it what what do they what were they thinking and you're just like oh my god I need to I need to calm down (laughs) 
let's finish up on one of the last shorties. Shorties. Um, struggling to not feel guilt about happiness and grief coexisting. So the person's feeling guilty for oh being yeah. happy and grieving. Um, as somebody who very much did struggle with yet yeah, the um, with this as well, I remember fully laughing, like belly laughing, for the first time after my mum died, and and stopping myself dead in my tracks. I was like, oh, we can't do that here, like. Your, your mum just died. Um, what if someone sees me? I to God, I think I, I felt like I had the blinks on looking around thinking, oh my God, did people catch that? Like, that was really naughty I've me. I've read about people who, um, are, they feel pressure that they can't upload an Instagram photo uh, of them smiling since their person died because the judgment that they're happy or enjoying their life Again, from these people who expect them to be yeah. grieving, but to a certain point, but not too much, but not. I literally put up like yeah. a fire selfie after my mum died. <laughs> Should I put it up? You're like, I look incredible. I think I literally pulled it up like two weeks after. I was like, I look fit. Like, I'm like grieving and skinny. Like, I'm the skinniest I've ever been, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best I've wow. ever looked. Like, my cheek. That was the grief diet. That was the grief <laughs> diet. Like, I'm I'm exactly the same yeah. like I really started to prioritize things that made me happy yeah. because the other option was what just endless sadness yeah. for the rest of your life yeah. like that is that is actually not survivable mm. and that is not fair that's not you know we deserve yeah. we deserve to have amazing lives yeah. and those happy, happy memories that you have with your loved one and the happiness that they brought to you and, you know, the laughter and the jokes and the the way that you smile when you remember somebody, there is no shame in that. Mm. And I wanted to bring, because that's when I first started, like, after my feeling very low in my grief, the happiness that did come in was, like, memories. Yeah. And then I was like, I need to make new memories that make me happy as well. And I need to live in happiness um, and really make it like a commitment, Mm -hmm. like schedule it, you know, book, book it in, like book enjoy it into my life. Because when, when you're sad, it doesn't, it doesn't always just come naturally. So for me, I was like, well, the percentage chance of it happening if I'm doing stuff that I really enjoy is going to be higher. So <laughs> I want to make time. I want to make time. And then as I did that more, then I started feeling naturally and instinctively like more happy in my life. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's at, at the crux of this, really. It's, it's like giving yourself it's, permission it's, to let it in. It's giving yourself permission and know that you are worthy of it. You're worthy yeah. of the happiness. You're worthy of the joy rather than looking at it as in your... your you deserve. Yeah. 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 And so it's not something overnight and it definitely takes time. It's mm. it's, it's a pivotal change. And, I made it a project. Yeah, and some for some for some it kind of happens. I feel like for me it kind of maybe happened just subconsciously. I started just yes. having a different outlook of like just 
actually, hold on, I do, I, I, I like being happy and I deserve it because I've been really bloody sad. Um, but mm. for some, you know, like for yourself, you might have to actively go out and do it and actively, yes. yeah. whether that be through, yeah, like literally journaling it, writing it down, like you mm. deserve happiness. Working out who makes you feel yeah. happy, who doesn't Making make you feel you're, happy. You're happy. Spending time yeah. with valuable relationships, yeah. yeah. And it, literally yeah, writing down, like, grief and happiness can coexist. Writing it down and looking at it every fucking yeah. day and going, yeah, it can. Positive affirmation, Amber. Oh, was that a bit of toxic positivity from me? No, I think it was just positivity. <laughs> oh, well, right, I right. Think, what's the difference? Amber, what's you've the... got to work out. I know. What is the difference? Maybe that's your next post. What's the difference between oh. positivity and toxic positivity? Because oh, I'm quite a positive person. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to write it and, down. And you lot are saying that positivity is like really bad. But actually, I vibe with some of these creepy flowery posts that are like, <laughs> just be you today, babe. You <laughs> See, that's where I am. I, I, I'm on the line and I'm kind of like, I'm, I think I, I don't know is that just positive? I was like, I like it. I just that. like it. It's just good vibes, isn't it, babes? Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who wrote in for this, I say month. It could, yeah, I'm going to say month's death dilemma because. This year? This, How long ago? I know, yeah, Christ. No, nah, I'm definitely going to try and bring these back more because the responses that we get is not that we didn't even get around to answering all of them. Um, but please, if you do have a death dilemma or a death question, a grief question more so, um, please do write in, either send me a direct message um, on the Grief Gang podcast Instagram or drop me an email with one if it's a bit more lengthy at amber.jeffrey at thegriefgang.com. That's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, not E-R-Y, as some people like to do. And a little update for you as well that I want to give to you before you go and tune off. We are hosting an event next month, guys, and we'd really, really, really love for you to be there. It's, it's Grief Gala, <laughs> Grief Gala, Roll Up, Roll Up. <laughs> Oh, roll up, roll up, ladies and gentlemen, to the Grief Gala. There will be... <laughs> that is a very good representation to what, how the night is going to go. But yes, it is the Grief Gala. It is brought to you by myself in partnership with TNN, the New Normal Charity. It is on the 26th of February, 2022. It is our rebranded and rescheduled Christmas party, but fuck the Christmas side of it. It is at Peckham Levels in South London at 5pm. You can expect a panel discussion with the likes of Jermaine Omareggi, who is one half of Thinking Out Loud Pod, Suyin Haynes, who is a journalist and editor-in-chief at Gowden Magazine, Chance Marshall, one half of the Self Space fantastic mental health contemporary service and lastly louise winter who is one half of life death war i mean one of your favorite instagram grief pages she's definitely one of mine and my last but never least look she's looking she's like you both fucking say me (laughs) you will be blessed with a workshop led by yours truly poppy chancellor a moment during the night and a a segment of the night where you can get crafty and create something dedicated to your loved one whether it be writing their name on a beautiful stencil of poppies or just going freehand and writing whatever the fuck is coming to your mind that night and we're going to have a lovely kind of board for it to share and of course then we're going to have a good old party and mingle and communicate and meet other people in the grief space because 
there is nothing like an in real life event with all people who just get it so if you want to get tickets for it you can head to eventbrite and search the grief gala or head to uh, my instagram account where you'll see countless bits of information about it and links in bio so thank you very much thank you poppy do thanks for having me i hope we shed a tiny bit of light and if we didn't sorry (laughs) sorry now sorry bye (laughs) bye well that's it for this week's episode i hope you all enjoyed it and it set your week off to a great start whether you've laughed a little cried a little i mean i think crying is good for the soul or you've resonated with something that was said thank you for listening and spending time out of your day to do so if you like what you hear please do rate review and subscribe in doing so you're ensuring that lots more people get to find the grief gang podcast and hopefully help them too if you're not already check out the grief gang on social media platforms such as instagram twitter and facebook i'm most active on the instagram page where i love 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 to connect with you all For now, take care and big, big love. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.